are now listening to the Motivated Mama podcast. This is a community for parents that want to be authentically themselves while looking for judgment-free, genuine, and heartfelt parenting advice. We talk to other mothers and experts to get small, easy steps that we can take to help us accomplish our goals. Learn with me as we discover ways to break patterns of unproductive behavior repeated generation after generation in our families. guys welcome to another episode of the motivated mama with me your host sydney ross the motivated mama um so today's episode is all going to be about the comfortable child um so the child that acts differently with you than they do with others so it's like have you ever been somewhere or you know you take your child somewhere they're staying with a relative or a friend or something and whenever you come back to get your child they always say something like as soon as you get around they start acting a fool or as soon as you come around they start acting different they haven't done this stuff all day long and as soon as you hear they act like that or for instance for me with my child I feel like I always get great reports on her behavior and although she's not like out of control at home I get like these amazing reports on her attitude and her behavior. And she's so polite and she's so great. But then when she's at home, she shows completely opposite behaviors. Um, So, you know, this is one of those things that a lot of times us as parents can become either offended by or worried about. Um, But in all reality, that's a really good thing. So if your child is acting different with you versus others, or they throw tantrums with you and not others, or they have negative behavior with you versus when they are at other places, it's literally because you are their safe space, which is a good thing. Um, So it's like your child, especially school age kids and even kids who are in like structured daycare environments, preschool environments. All day long, they are held to a certain standard. All day long, there are expectations, high expectations when it comes to behavior, following the rules, structure, schedules. Um, So they're expected to behave a particular type of way all day long. So that means when they do get home with you, they can finally breathe. They can finally let that go. And it's not such a burden on them. Like now they're at the point where they're in their safe space, they're comfortable and they're free to be themselves. And, you know, I feel like that shouldn't be difficult to understand because even us as adults, you know, you act differently at home versus when you go to work because there are different standards in place. So, you know, the way I speak at home is going to be completely different than if I were to go to work. I'm not going to speak the same way. I'm not going to feel comfortable being myself 100% because it's a different type of environment. It's like there's a time and a place, basically. Um, So, you know, we shouldn't, you know, get too down on ourselves when it does come to that. Um, And even there, I read an article and it was on a child psychologist, Dr. Judith Locke. 
And she says, you know, it's not uncommon. This is a very common thing. This is a very uh, normal thing that most parents do experience, especially, you know, the primary caregiver. You, you'll you see this happen with child care, but you'll always, um, you'll also see this happen when it comes to the other parent. So that means whether you are in a relationship, you have the other parent in the home with you, or whether you're co-parenting with a parent that does not live in the home with you, you will also see these behaviors take place. So usually there's one parent that is more authoritative versus, you know, the parent that is primarily there all of the time. Um, And then you see this a lot too, you know, a lot of parents complain about it because I think a lot of single moms complain about it because, you know, you'll see your kids get upset with you and treat you bad and talk to you crazy. But, you know, the other parent might halfway be in, halfway be out. And then the kid treats them with so much respect and loves and adore them. Well, that's because they know that they can do that with you and you're not going to leave them. They know that they can be comfortable with you and that you've given them the space to speak. You've given them the space to be comfortable. You've given them the space to know that, Even if I go off on her tonight, she's still going to tuck me in bed and love me. And I'm going to wake up in the morning and she's going to be there versus maybe a parent who has not been so active or who has not shown consistency. They maybe feel like they have to suck up to that parent more or love on that parent more because there's that fear that they might not come back if I don't do these things. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, that we shouldn't beat ourselves up about but it's also another thing that the other parents shouldn't you know be celebrating because you should always want your children to feel comfortable with you but even like for me in a marriage you know my kids act different with me than they do with my husband why because my kids are more comfortable with me I'm a stay-at-home mom they're with me all day long versus my husband who's not home versus when my husband does come home now it's time to lay down the law and the rules come rolling in and everything is structured, this and that, you know, um, they respond differently to that. So don't feel bad when your children do show different behaviors. And then especially when it comes to child care centers, you know, the child care center, they like your child, they adore your child. But at the same time, that's not their child, your child is not theirs. They don't love your child. They're not in love with your child. They don't share the same feelings that you have for your child with your child. It's it's a it's a disconnect there. Um, so they have to treat your child accordingly. And not saying that they have to treat your child bad or anything like that, but in a child care center, they have multiple children in a classroom. They can't allow your child to be unruly. They can't allow your child to, if he don't feel like taking a nap, he don't have to take a nap. If he don't feel like eating right now, he don't have to eat right now. Because if they let one child go, then that throws off the structure for everyone else. And it becomes a a dangerous environment, an uncontrollable environment for the teachers. So therefore, they have to have that structure in place. They can't let things just freely go. Like you may kind of give in to things because you feel bad. Um, So you just have to think about it in that sense. Now, one thing that, you know, Dr. Judith Locke said that I don't necessarily agree with is um, she doesn't really believe in the whole theory of, 
you know, the child is so comfortable with you versus others. She doesn't believe in because the child care center is structured and, you know, that's why she thinks that's like exaggerating the cause, which I don't really feel like that's exaggerating the cause at all. Um, you know, she feels like the only way to combat this is for you to basically be that same way at home. So what the teachers in the school are doing or what the daycares are doing, this the type of setup that they have there is the same type of setup that you have at home because it's not like they're in prison, they're in childcare. So, and you know, it's a pleasant environment. There's just more structure and rules that they have in place that you may not have in place at home. So she, she basically says, throw all of that out the window, you know, about the sensitivity and your kids are so comfortable with you. She feels like you need to put it in place, like where your child needs to know who is boss. You have to set the tone for who authority is in your household. Um, And, you know, basically show them that what you say goes. And that's literally what she she says. That's literally how she describes it is as you have to tell them basically what I say is what you do. And because children need that type of structure and that's what they need in order to thrive in the world. So, you know, for parents like me or for like many of you all listening who are practicing gentle parenting techniques, we may not necessarily agree with that. So. Now the question of the day is, how do we make a change with behavior in this instance? Because, you know, as being the primary caregiver, it's not always fun for us when we have the unruly child. It's not always fun for us to be the ones to deal with all the tantrums. It's not fun for us to be the ones who get all the attitude and the back talk from our older children. It's not always a walk in the park. It actually can be triggering for us. It can be very overwhelming for us and exhausting. So now what we have to do is move forward with how can we take what Dr. Judith Locke is saying, but also mesh that in with our gentle parenting techniques. Because me personally, I'm just going to tell y'all how it is. I don't feel comfortable basically saying, I'm the boss of you. And this is what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Because I said so, because that makes my life easier. You know, it's nice for things to be easy for us as parents, but when it comes to parenting, that shouldn't always be your goal is what's the easy way out for me. There are certain ways that you can, you know, hacks here and there that to make the day go by easier. But when it comes to actual like behavior, personality trait, child development, you can't always think what's the quickest and easiest way because that's how we have generational trauma right now. Because if we look back, the easiest way is to hit a child, whoop a child, punish a child to get them to do what we want. It's very much slave master mentality. So I really don't agree with that. Um, I don't agree with showing my child who is boss because at the end of the day, I want my child to know and learn and understand that they are ultimately the boss of themselves. They are ultimately in the ones in control of themselves. So how do we teach those same techniques while being gentle parents to also get 
you know, maybe a more structured um, behaviors from our children when they are with us. Um, so I'm, I was going over some things, reading a couple articles, and we can always manage that behavior because we're gentle parents. That's what we do. We always try to figure out ways to manage that behavior, and it is manageable. So the first thing, and it's always the number one rule of thumb when it comes to anything that I'm going to speak on or get behind when it comes to parenting, the first thing to me is learn how to manage your own tantrums, aka model behaviors that you want to see. So it's been a long day for me. This is just going to be a scenario. It's been a long day for me, and this is how my day normally goes. I wake up in the morning about 7.45 or 7.30, take my husband to work, come back home, get my 10-year-old ready for school, fix breakfast, get her dressed, make sure she's done all the things, make sure she has everything, drop her off at school, come back home basically from 9 a.m. until she gets out of school. I'm home all day with the two-year-old. So I'm doing housework. I'm doing learning activities with him. We're going on outings. You know, basically homeschool, preschool for a toddler. I'm home all day with the two-year-old doing all the things. She gets out of school, four o'clock, we're back home. And now she has an attitude. He's throwing a tantrum. Everybody's insane. I still have to cook dinner. Now my husband is getting off of work. He's trying to decompress and have his time where I still haven't had time. And the kids are going nuts. How do I manage that? Do not throw a tantrum. If we don't want to see tantrums and unruly behaviors from our children, if we don't want to always have to be the ones to go through and deal with the tantrums and the, the negative behavior from our children, the number one thing we cannot do is exhibit that same kind of behavior. So because my kids are, are going crazy and unruly right now, that does not give me permission in this moment to now flip out and start screaming or yelling or throwing things or crying and falling out. No, this is not the time for that because these are the main times that they're watching to see how is how does mama act when she's overwhelmed? How does mama act when she's not getting what she's wanting? Because right now I just want everybody to be quiet and behave and sit down. I'm not getting what I want. So do I throw a tantrum too? No. What we do in these moments are we practice those same type of common techniques that we try to teach our children. So maybe that means mama has to go in the bathroom and, and take a few deep breaths and count to 10 a couple of times. Maybe that means mama needs to go to the bathroom and cry. Maybe that means mama needs to, you know, go get her stress ball. Maybe that means mama needs a timeout right now. So by displaying those positive techniques, that's teaching our children that, okay, I'm upset right now, but I can handle my upset. I can take a deep breath. I can go lay down. I can take, you know, count to 10. I can do some stretching and exercising. I can take a moment in time for myself when I'm not feeling well. So, you know, don't lose your cool and practice those same calm down techniques that we try to equip our children with.
Number two on my list is give your kids a sense of control. That is always a gentle parenting life saver right there. Give your children, put them in control of things. Does that mean let them do whatever they want to do when they want to do it? Because right now Bubba is throwing a fit because he wants to buy chocolate in the grocery store. So I'm going to put him in control and let him buy get chocolate at the grocery store. No, that does not mean that. What that means is when we go to the grocery store, I know nine times out of 10, Bubba's going to want something that Bubba can't have. So how do I change that? ahead of time oh when we go to the store that means today i let bubba take his grocery cart to the store and i let bubba pick out the things that we need if that means i give him a small list and draw a picture of an apple or a banana and some grapes and that means bubba picks up the apple banana and the grapes that gives him sense of control that gives him you know something to do and keep him busy it makes him feel like that he's accomplishing something if that means you know giving them the options when it comes to dinner tonight hey guys it's dinner time we need veggies rather than saying you're gonna have peas and carrots say hey do you want peas and carrots or greens and corn or you know give them the options and let them choose which ones because you have to think about it when it comes to kids they don't have very many options And how would that feel for us as adults? It's all the time you have to learn how to put yourself in the shoes of your child. How would that feel right now for you as an adult to have no decision, to have no choice in anything, and somebody else constantly tells you what to do and how to do it and when you're going to do it? That's not fun. That does not feel good. So even for you as an adult, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for kids when they literally have no choice in anything. So it makes life so much easier when they have those simple choices. So whether that be let them pick which healthy foods they're going to eat, you know, today for a snack, whether that means you give them the option of, do you want to wear your rain boots or do you want to wear your sneakers today? Those simple options will calm so many tantrums. It will eliminate so many meltdowns and make life so much easier for you. And then a number, another top cardinal rule is manage your expectations when it comes to your children. A lot of times as adults, we forget that we're raising kids. And even the other day, um, I was just thinking, I'm like, you know, Parenting struggles will be minimized so much if parents acted their age, you know, and by acting your age, that means that you are recognizing what is acceptable and what is not acceptable for your child for the age that they're actually at. So basically meeting them where they are at. A lot of parents or a lot of us as parents neglect to do that a lot of the time. You know, as soon as a child starts talking, we automatically assume that they're thinking like a 10-year-old when they're two. You know, we automatically expect because they're a 10-year-old that they're not going to want to run around and play like the five-year-old, you know. So it it's manage your expectation. Make sure your expectations are not extremely high for your kid. That will kill so much frustration for us as parents. If we actually recognize that majority of the behaviors that our children are displaying are completely appropriate for them as children, 
They're not little adults. They're not little grownups. They're not always going to do what we want done right now because it's just not possible. And if we let go of that expectation, life will become so much easier and a lot of other things will just fall into place simply for us. Um, So, you know, one thing that you can do, and then this is going to be the homework, you know, for tonight is, or for, you know, the week when it comes to this topic is read on developmental psychology and learn what behaviors are appropriate for your child at their age. You know, you can go on Pinterest and look up, you know, child appropriate behaviors by age, brain development for your child by their age. What is normal? What is not normal? And this can help your child too, because maybe they are displaying some behaviors that are not normal for their age. And this is somewhere where you may be able to get some type of intervention done for your child. You may really find out something that they actually need real help with. Um, So, you know, I challenge everybody to go and really study and look up, you know, what is appropriate for my two-year-old? What is appropriate for my eight-year-old? What should I be expecting? Where are they at developmentally? You know, how is their brain developing right now? You know, good decision making doesn't even solidify until you're 25 years old. But then we expect teenagers to to think like an actual 30 year old human being when that is not even going to happen for another 10 years. You know, drop those expectations. Stop expecting your kids to just and assume that they just know things that they don't know just because your 10 year old is bigger than other 10 year olds does not mean he's not going to behave the same way as other 10 year olds because of his size I see that and hear that a lot you know so read up on those behaviors one book that I really recommend reading and I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, Amazon so you can check the book out it's called The Whole Brain Child Um, I highly recommend reading that book because it does help you better understand um, the cognitive development of your child, um, of children in general. So that way you can like keep that with you and have notes and know, you know, how to meet your child where they are and what to expect from your child. And then you can also, once you know those things, you know, once you know where your child is at, then at that point, should you establish rules and expectations for your home not saying that you know just because we gentle parent doesn't mean that there aren't rules doesn't mean that there's not discipline doesn't mean that there's not you know expectations when it comes to behavior but we want to also make sure that it's in line with what our kids are actually capable of doing um so you know once you do read up on the development and psychology of your child for their age Once you've done that, then move forward with establishing a couple of rules because as a parent, you still should not be so overwhelmed with parenting to where you're like, I don't want to deal with my kids. I don't want to be around my kids. You know, my kids act good with everybody else and they're disrespecting me. Never should, you know, you should never have to deal with that. You should never have to put up with that. So, you know, once you establish what rules or write down, you know, what things are you not okay with? What things are really getting to you and triggering you? You know, fix your triggers, set your boundaries and allow your children to know that this is my boundary. 
it's not okay. You know, like one boundary that I set with my daughter, you're not going to disrespect me and take me as a joke, you know, especially in front of your friends. That's not nice. That's bully mentality. We don't treat each other that way because it's not respectful and I'm not okay with that. So you're not going to do that to me. Set the boundary, you know, because that's not fair. You should be friends with your friends and you should treat everybody equally. So just as nice as you treat your friends is just as nice as you should treat your parents because we treat you nice. We're not disrespectful for you. So I'm not going to accept that behavior from you because I don't accept that behavior from anybody. I'm not going to allow anybody to disrespect me. And that includes you. And you shouldn't allow anybody to disrespect you either. So, you know, setting those boundaries. Once you have your rules and your boundaries set, that's when you want to sit down and have a family meeting. And even before you have the family meeting, sit down with whoever you're co-parenting with. Sit down with your spouse. Sit down with, you know, your ex-spouse or, you know, the other parent and say, hey, these are some boundaries that I want to set. These are some things that I need to be put in place to make things healthier for me and the child. Because a lot of times children also see where they can play the field. Not saying they're manipulative, but they know where they can play the field. So it's also going to be very, very helpful for you with the other parent to sit down and become teammates on this. That makes everything easier when it comes to behavior because now they can't play the field. Now they can't disrespect one and treat one the other one better because now you guys are on the same team. Now you guys have the same rules and the same boundaries to, to get the same outcome and reach the same goals together. So maybe that means when my husband comes home, like, hey, guy, you have to cut it down a notch. But me, I might have to turn it up a notch, you know sit down and establish, you know, what's going to work for you all and then have that family meeting and let your kids know like, hey, there are some behaviors that have been very unsettling for us that have been very, you know, hurtful to us. But we have to get this under control because we're a family and we love each other Um, or because I'm your mom and I love you and I want to be treated nicely, too, because I treat you nicely. So I want to be treated just as well as you're treated. Um. So that's how we can do. So definitely homework, read on the development of psychology, get with that other parent to set up some boundaries and have your family meeting and to discuss the boundaries and rules that you guys are going to put in place. So that way, you know, you still want your children to feel like you're a safe place. You still want them to feel like they can talk to you about anything and release if they do need to release. You don't ever want that to go away but you also don't want to feel disrespected and walked all over either. Um, So make sure that you're setting these things up to have success for you and your family. And with that, I'm going to close out by saying thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and like to our podcast. Send all your friends and parenting friends and family our way. So that way they have another tool for their parenting toolbox. And thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time. If you want to submit a question or if you want to be on the show, message me at contact at momamapodcast.com. That's M-O-M-A-M-A podcast.com. Please tell all the moms you know about the podcast, our Facebook group, YouTube channel, and community events. 
Your recommendation helps our show grow. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to our podcast.